What's up, men? It's That Guy Show, episode 7. Siete. I'm William. I'm Matt. Today we're going to be talking about obscure fantasy sports, pushing our wives' buttons, and the way the world thinks of Christianity. Let's get into it. Got me like, whoa, yeah, way up in the skies, like, living my time just trying to get my life right. My God never fails, so I'm here to tell. Living for the king of kings, what do you think this is? Got me like, whoa. Super excited, man, to be back podcasting. This is our first episode in a while. I know it's going to be confusing to anybody that goes back and listens to the show where, you know, we may have been talking about something in March because that was our last episode. But Well, we had a we had a slight pause, but now we, we've upgraded. We are literally in a freestanding building that is like our own studio now, which is pretty legit. It is. It is. I mean, not too many people go from like episode four to having your own building. No, they don't. And well, the the fun part is, is that we get to start this and create this from scratch. And um, I feel like a lot of people get to this point after years, whereas we decided, you know what? No, we're good enough to do it now. <laughs> yeah, like before we prove ourselves or do anything, we're just gonna have our own building. Why not? We have know? four listeners. We just got the five. Time to get a studio. Yeah, time to get our own studio. So we legit have our own building. Um, soon to be building the set for the video to come back. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's going to be exciting. It, it is exciting. So yeah, essentially, you know, we decided, my wife and I, Elise, decided to sell our house. So we were getting the house ready, doing some renovations, and we had to take a break. And then Matt got busy doing some yearbook stuff. And then um, all kinds of craziness, craziness happened. Uh, wife had some health issues and whatnot. So... But I feel like we're finally getting back to normal, and it's been about six months. It feels like since we, yeah, you know, I like how tried you to do anything. I like how Will likes to yada 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 the fact that he did some renovations on his house, like literally did like a full Bob Vila like makeover of his house, like painted every wall, the outside, like added structural things, walls and stuff. I mean, it was like a legit overhaul of the house. I like come over, I'm like. What house is this? Like, it is a completely yeah. new house. Well, I mean, the house did sell within three hours. Of well, I listing, mean, I so. don't blame the person for it buying it. It's like good. a brand new house. You... Um, well, the first time that deal fell through. But then when we reposted it again, it was <laughs> sold within a day. So, but we're in a new place, new studio, a lot of work to do. Uh, so we'll be bringing video back as soon as we can. If you like the video, um, we enjoy doing the videos. And, uh, but today is a new day. It's a new day. It's just me and you today. We had Colin on last time. That was a lot of fun. It was he's, a lot of fun. He is an inter- isn't he like the Dalsekis guy? He is. He is. He's he like, really is. He's like, just you talking to him. Next thing you know, he's like, yeah, like when I was in Scotland, like this crazy thing happened. You're like, no. Like, what, dude? Like, I used what? to live in the woods. Go, I mean, just like by yourself. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's amazing when you have people on because it makes the show go so much smoother. I just felt like there was somebody else. I know we bounce things off of each other, but like we try and create something and then we have regular jobs, but to have somebody come in blind that can add their two cents in is great. And so we're going to do more of that. I thought yeah, it went that, really that was, well. That was really good. So excited for you guys to to listen to it. If you're listening to this one, hopefully you've already listened to it because it'll be posted by then. But um, today we got some fun topics that I have been doing some research on and it's fantasy football time. So I know we're already in the middle of the season. Well, in the beginning parts of the season. Um, But I mean, do you play fantasy? Do I play fantasy? If you ask me that question, you mean, do I kill it in fantasy football? And it like could pretty much have my own podcast on fantasy football if I wanted to, then yes. Wow. Okay. I don't, I don't really play uh, fantasy. I mean, I have played it in the, in the past, um, but I, I just don't have time to get into it. Um, so in looking for like 
topics for the our our podcast, you had mentioned a while back about doing something on fantasy football, and I was like, okay, well, this, you know, let me, let me come up with some things, and I decided, you know, I was thinking about uh, Dodgeball, the movie Dodgeball, you know? It's a good movie. And uh, thinking about the Ocho, and I was like, man, I wonder, is there any obscure fantasy sports? Like, I know they have fantasy baseball, which I think is obscure enough. There's so many random stats in baseball to begin with. I don't know how anyone can even follow baseball. There's like a hundred plus games. I know. Like, I just can't get into a game and be like... Oh, we missed this one. We got another ninety something more to go, guys. Yeah. Well, like, hang in there. There's fantasy basketball, which I, I understand. There, I, basically, my problem is when when st- with some sports is how do you get the the scoring system down? So basketball, I can get. Um, baseball, I can kind of get, but again, it's so low numbers in the amount of points that are scored. I I, don't, I just don't know. Um, like, but hockey, I don't understand hockey. You know. Because you know, in football, you get you get points per yards. You yeah, know, I mean, maybe it's yards different. thrown, I yards ran. I think part ran, of the yard, crazy thing caught. about the fantasy sports is that they are drastically different from one to another. There's a lot of generalizations, but you can get points for like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like you have your draft. You know, you have draft day. You yeah, go you and pick your people. It, but you know, fantasy. Fantasy actually started. I don't know if you know what the first sport was. Fantasized. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first fantasized sport? Will it, it was golf. And it was done like back in like the '60s or '70s or something. Wow! So it was that, done a long time ago, right? That just sounds like I can, the only thing more like the only thing more boring than watching golf is playing fantasy golf. <laughs> so sorry, I guys, decided to go look when I, when I heard about that. I was like, wow! I, I thought fantasy. When you think about fantasy, you think about football. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to look for more sports. Yeah, tell me what you found. There. I'm All I'm right. intrigued. Tennis. Okay. Fantasy tennis. Um, the scoring makes sense. I, I did play tennis, so I do know the rules. I do know the scoring of tennis. I do know understand tennis. So you understand um, the love. How I, you get the love? Yeah, I guess I understand a little bit more, but it's still weird. So you get a hundred million dollar salary cap. Okay, so this would be like a um, all right. Yeah, what's the salary cap average on? Well, there's two different ways to play. So you don't. You can, I don't even know. This. You can draft. You don't have to have like an auction league where you're actually paying for people. Um, but the auction leagues are really fun and be, it's because like you can, you're bidding on different people. Okay. You know? well, is there a salary cap in those or is it set? Yeah. So normally if or? you're going to do that, you're going to have a salary cap. So everybody's got like a hundred bucks. So like the most famous, you know, tennis player comes up, I guess. I, mean, I don't know if in this situation, I'm assuming you're, you're drafting the actual tennis players themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, everyone has a chance to bid on them. So it's kind of cool. Like if you're doing a draft where it's just an order draft, so like if I'm pick six, then there's no chance that I'm ever going to end up with the first three people on my team. Yeah. But if you have the money, you can you can you know you can get whoever you want. So no, so it doesn't work that way. It so like a hundred million dollars is your salary cap for like the players you pick on your team. Okay. So if if you know Federer's worth twenty million dollars, then he's twenty million dollars of your hundred million dollar salary cap. Doesn't matter how much you put into the money, but are y'all? But are they being auctioned? No, no, no. It's just like a draft. Oh, okay. So you, it's you, an order. You're like yeah. number two. So if you pick them, that's just how much they're going to cost you. So you could actually pick someone that costs you less. Exactly. Oh, I so see what you're saying. Is there a salary cap in fantasy football? Well, it's in that sort of. You're sense? asking way too many questions because I don't got time to explain all this to you. But if you're playing a daily fantasy, football, let me just get to the point. Hundred million dollars seems like a crap ton of money to play something that's fantasy. Like it's like when you how play can you poker. Spend that much money? Who wants to Who wants to play with ten dollars? So you take your ten dollars and you make it a hundred million dollars. You know, it's just crazy. So you can have sixteen players on your team. 
Even okay. though in team tennis, which is doubles, is only two people. But in fantasy world, you can have 16. That's, I don't know, that's weird. That's a um, lot of people. You can have eight starters per week, though. Do, do I, tennis I even, people play that often? I mean, I, I don't even evidently. know how that even works. Because, I mean, like a boxer is like they only box like once every whenever. Like they don't even... They don't even play like a certain amount of matches. You right, know? right. So scoring goes like this, and I don't have all the, the stats on it because a lot of this information is actually extremely, I felt, difficult to find, you know. Um, but you get scorings based off of wins and losses, I guess, per game. Okay. Um, what if you get thrown, what if the match gets thrown by the uh, referee because, like, they just don't like you? Maybe there's points on that. I, I don't, you get you get points for aces, you know, et cetera. Maybe, like, uh, line hits, you know. Gotcha. Um, Maybe if a volley goes over ten, you know, volleys. What if you smack you someone point, in the win. face? Like I feel like if you get a headshot, hundred points, hundred points. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what that's it acceptable. is. Um, but get this: there's a league, right? And it's completely free. I saw this video on YouTube. Um, the winner of this league, it's free to play, but the winner of the league gets a tickets or a trip to the Australian Open. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's like legit. So tennis, fantasy tennis. Never thought of it. You could have fantasy tennis, but. I guess if you can have fantasy golf, you can have fantasy tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one. It, this one's not like obscure. It's maybe it's obscure for us here in America, but you know, soccer, the Premier League. Oh, okay. So I can see that. the FPL, Fantasy Premier League, you get to have two goalies, five defenders, five midfielders, and three forwards, which means nothing to me besides goalie. I don't know what any of those other positions are. They're the people that run around and kick the ball. That's all they do. I don't. I don't know how you get points in soccer, fantasy soccer. Um, you get three people per club, too, which I don't know how many clubs there are. I feel like there's two clubs in England that hate each other, and that's all I know. Um, but I guess, you know, goalie saves, assists, and goals. So you're talking about, like, what's a high rank? Like, what's a high? I bet you they get minus points for, like, if you get a yellow card or if you get a red card. Maybe. You know, Do you like... get points for faking an injury? Dude, if you could get a points for faking an injury, that would be amazing. Actually, you should get double points if the person gets a yellow card off of your fake injury yeah. because there is really no sport where there's just more like prima donna fake falling to the ground than soccer like number it is two so, is basketball no yeah it, this doesn't have nothing on soccer i mean the dr- the drama by which a soccer player will fake that they got tripped is just it's shameless it's just shameless at no the, i, the I level. agree i mean i love it I, I love watching it oh i mean and then they I do watch the compilations re- on youtube all the time oh especially like uh like the world cup because it's like everything's so clear and you have like hd video it's like this dude is not even remotely touched and he is crying <laughs> like he's in the biggest most amount of pain you've ever seen in your life so and then the card gets pulled they just hop up and they're like all yeah. right there we go so 10 points for soccer yeah. um for for faking a penalty or faking an injury i mean um, but, but I mean, how else do you get it? So like in, in football, it makes sense. Cause we have, um, you know, we have yards and there's a hundred yards on a football field Yeah, and you're scoring, you know, there's 30 points scored a game, 40 points. Yeah, and the, the goal is to get scoring. from one end to the other, depending on where you get your kickoff and whatnot. But yeah, so you, you, you can get points per yards. Uh, I just don't like what's high, what's a high score in fantasy football in a week, like a good score. Maybe in your well, league, I understand. Maybe the points every league's are different. about different, but over a hundred, over a hundred. So I mean, soccer. You can, you can how can you get over a hundred points in fantasy soccer? I don't. I don't understand. I don't know. Unless they do time of possession, you know, because that's considered a good thing. Even though if you're not scoring, you're just holding the ball and like tip tapping it to each other. Do all you over the field. do you win the game like in real life if you hold the ball? Longer? Well, if you happen to have one point. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you still have to score. You got to score at least one point, or and then just keep the ball, and then it's keep away. Isn't that every That's sport? Defense. Isn't that every sport? No, not necessarily. Besides baseball, where everybody gets a turn. Yeah, I mean, like you, but the basketball, you have a shot clock. Same with, uh, you know, let's take football for example. Well, football too, you you have to run a play. You have a you time. Do. But if but you, in soccer, you can just keep the ball and play. Keep you could play defense for as long as you want. You can just keep the ball away. If it's the beginning of the game and I score a touchdown, right, and then we get the ball back, they didn't score a touchdown. If I can somehow run around the entire field, the entire rest of the quarter, you can't because the each play, like you'll get tackled and you have to run. But a what play. if you don't get tackled? You that's not possible. Bo Jackson's is no longer in the NFL. Okay. Bo Jackson's probably the only person that could run around the whole field just constantly. Or or him or OJ. Well maybe this around. will go maybe this will go for the next sport then because I, I understand how you can score in the next sport. Um but it does seem like and I don't know anything about the sport really, but it does seem like it's tackle the man with the ball, which is rugby. Um, so rugby, there's fantasy rugby, and you get uh it, to me it seems similar to fantasy football. So you get like Points for offloads, you get points for the amount of meters, which for us would be yards, right? Um, I guess points for penalties and then your drop goals. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know I sounded like I knew what I was talking about when I said offloads and drop goals, but I have no idea what those are. I, I, I just really assume no an idea. offload is when you're about to get tackled and you offload the ball to somebody else. I just can't get over the, the lack of clothing. Like, I just feel like in rugby, it's like, are you all gymnasts? Are you football players? Like, you should have pads on, but you're wearing, like, tights. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, I know some rugby players, like, actually. And the, helm, the helmet, I'm not even sure if that's doing anything. And I, I know a guy from my my office. Actually, not from my office, but I used to work with him. Um, but he was he was on the professional New Orleans team. Oh, it's, it's very, it's like our professional hockey team we used to have. Yeah, it's but weird. but they're mean, dude. I, I can imagine it's a it's a rough sport. It's a lot tougher than yeah than forget, football. By forget all the like. safety standards, they're just like a bunch of dudes. Just there's nothing better than going into a meeting on a Monday morning and the dude's got a black guy and a cauliflower ear, and you're like, what happened to you? Like, it's like uh, I just rugby. I just do some street fighting. I, rugby long, in New Orleans? Where do you play rugby? There's a there's a meeting of men, but I can't tell you about it because the first rule is you can't talk about it. So, <laughs> but if you want to come along, yeah. So, they so can rough you up. So they got rugby. Um, all right, they're obscure because really, you know, tennis isn't a huge thing here. Soccer's definitely not. Rugby's definitely not. But let's go a little bit more obscure. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. Badminton. Badminton. I crap you not. There's like that's the thing with the uh, the little ball with the net on it. Yeah. So some some of the scoring is like backhand, defense, across court smash, net play, you know, et cetera. I, I feel I, like they're they're grasping at straws for these fantasies. I just don't I just don't understand how you have professional like badminton. It just doesn't seem like a professional. It seems like something like kids play. Like it's an Olympic sport. What are you I talking know, about? I'm, that's what I'm saying. I just don't get it. I mean, table tennis, I get. Yeah. But badminton, no. I don't know. Something about it just don't seem right. Well, I'm a avid disc golfer. That and you are. there is disc golf, fantasy disc golf. And so the salary cap, there's no salary cap, but when you go to pick your, you don't pick a team per se, you pick per week. It's basically just who do you think is going to win and you get points off of it. And they're calling that fantasy disc golf. It's in its infancy, but um, you get a rating. And a pro rating is... I forget the exact number, but let's say it's over a thousand is your pro rating. Like okay. my rating, I, which I do know, I think is seven hundreds. You know, maybe low eight hundreds. So the pros that are like top notch guys are in the thousands. So that the 
the top rated player in the world, I think both of them one and two, I think they're 1050 players. Okay. So you have a cap of about, let's say, you know, 10,000 uh, rating points that you can pick from. So each week you go and pick, and as you pick your players from first place, second place, third place, and so on, you get points for, it's kind of like Powerball, right? Like you, if you get a number correct, regardless if it's in the right spot, you get something. Yeah. If it's in the right spot, you get more. So it's the same idea as that. But you have a certain cap. So I can't just pick the top five guys because I'll run up my cap. You know, yeah. Um, but there's fantasy disc golf, but there's no other points for anything else. And I played disc golf. Now I played like a ghetto form of disc golf. Mm-hmm. You know, because we didn't have like an official field. We used to play around the campus. You know, we would like try to like throw. You know, we would hit certain statues. Would be like a goal. Yeah, yeah. And then we broke a window, and then it got banned. Um, <laughs> we but, did that in college, but we played with regular frisbees. Yeah. Oh, like not with like the actual frisbees. Yeah, no one had disc golf discs when we were no. playing, and we just had frisbees because ultimate frisbee was huge at the school. Yeah, 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 that was a big deal. So, um, all right, fishing, fantasy fishing. Wow, I'm not joking. The Bassmasters, fantasy Bassmasters, I think dot com. I just don't know how you can say the word Bassmaster with a straight face. Like it's just I feel something, like it's something dirty. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. Like, oh, you're the Bassmaster. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's bad. So you get to pick five anglers for your team. I don't even know what that is. Um, are those the people that like give you suggestions on where to, th- to throw your? Uh, I guess I, don't, I have no idea. Pole at you don't throw I'm poles. Like, I'm more of like a ninety degree angler. Like, go go ninety degrees this way. Throw it that way. I guess for how how many how long your cast is, do you get points? I couldn't find scoring points at all, but I did <laughs> see people like anglers and their points for that week or that tournament afterwards, and they're like five six hundred points. I have no idea what the point system is. I don't know if it's on how many fish you catch, what's your biggest weigh-in. Um, do you get low points if you have fish that you brought in that are under a certain limit? What happens if you throw, like, the pole behind you and then, like, the hook gets, like, caught on, like, your leg? Like, is that, like, negative points? I guess if you flip yourself into the water, minus 20. Oh, well, flipping yourself, you'd have to be really strong. That's my experience of fishing. It's like, oh, I'm going to throw this back, and then I get caught. And Actually, you taught me how to fish. You don't remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> you did. That's great. And I caught a fish. I was really excited. How I big was that fish? It. I was at least like my head, like my head and a half. I mean, it was, oh, my gosh, yeah. It was long. You have a dude. very small head. You could that, eat. That fish was like that, five inches long, maybe that, four. It felt, it was, it was, it was condensed. So it was like, a, it was like thick. <laughs> it was so heavy. It was like a heavy fish. So it may might have been like long, but it would probably weigh the same as a bass. We, you want to tell everybody what type of fish it was? Oh, it was a, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was probably an ancestor of the bass. It was a bluegill. Oh, it was bluegill. Yeah, yeah bluegill. They're, they're vicious creatures. I tell you, a bluegill, <laughs> I mean, if you don't hold it right, it will like jab like needles into your hand. I mean, you have to like hold it in a certain way. They're flimsy little guys. I mean, they're 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 intense. A bluegill is about a half inch thick, and it's about four inches long. Um, it's it's a colorful minnow. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, I mean, it sounds prettier, but... less impressive. But I have a picture. This thing was this thing was beastly. But it was fun, and it we was we fun. we went to like you and your wife, which is it's kind of sound awkward, but you and your wife were celebrating your anniversary, and then like. We, me and my wife showed up to your at cabin. At the cabin, at the cabin. For your Which was awesome, actually. We had a great time. But we saw these, like, this pole with the string on it. You know, it was a fishing pole, but not in, like, a traditional sense. Or maybe it was traditional, I should say. Um, and we found old, disgusting hot dogs oh, in those the were fridge so that were left old. over. 
Yeah. But we caught fish with them. We did. My wife actually caught two fish, which was a little disappointing. But anyway, because I only caught one. But whatever. whatever. You know, okay. It is what it is. Anyway, we digress. I have one more obscure fantasy. Okay. So calling it a sport is not the appropriate thing to do. Okay. I want you to take a guess. It's not sport. Is it? But it's um, fantasy. I have no idea. Is it? I mean, it's not a sport. So, like, yeah. I mean, like, what is it? Like, fantasy, you know, I have no idea. Like, what would you make? If you could have anything be a fantasy. If I could make my own sport, but fantasy like, sport, I would make it office fantasy where you could have fantasy points. You'd, like, put people, like, your coworkers on your team. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time, like, they don't show up for work or they ask you to borrow a cell phone charger or, like, you know. <laughs> well, that, that that would be really good, like, in, in you know. In your office, like that'd be fun. I actually want to do that at my office. office. Maybe I should I do that. Should, there's so many HR problems with that. I just imagine a lot of stereotyping. Um, but think about something that you could do, like that's as obscure as it possibly could be, that you could do with somebody in Nebraska. Like bird watching fantasy. Maybe that's not a bad one. <laughs> that's like, interesting. There, the different types of birds. So in my research. Of obscure fantasy sports, I came across Fantasy Congress. Fantasy Congress. Yes. Interesting. The most recent version of Fantasy Congress begins with players drafting candidates running for office. Oh, like even so, before they get into correct. office. Correct. So yeah, you get guessing, to start with that. You're guessing who actually makes it in. Yeah. So during the election season, candidates will, will acquire points uh, based on data collected on three categories. I'm holding two. Only Matt can see that, but three categories. Here's the third finger. Um, one, how many, how much money they raised. Okay. Frequency, number two is frequency of media mentions. Wow. I don't know who calculates these points. Well, they have all these stats exist already, yeah. so it's somebody's keeping track of them. And yeah. their percentage of the vote in the election. So similar to like other fantasy sports, you know, players can be dropped or added. You can do trades, it sounds like. Um, from your roster um, teams with the most points in their leagues at the end of the season wins I don't know when the season ends but that oh so it's probably it's so it's just about getting them elected that's how so it's like for example the fantasy would be the midterm elections and then when the midterm elections are over the game is the season's over yeah who won that that election so I'm actually I'm not joking I'm actually interested in playing yeah, that's well. The problem is that you wouldn't know any of these people because they're just like running for these offices in other states, yeah. you know. So you're like, you'd just be blindly, you know, trying to keep track. And you're like, oh no, trending downward, you know. And I need, yeah, I need yeah. to offload Smith. I'll trade you Smith <laughs> for Peterson. You know, he's a long shot, but he's got great upside. You know, yes, yes. he's got the NRA behind him. You'll never know. He might make it. He's a, he's a progressive. He's right down the middle aisle guy. He, he'll get a lot of stuff done. Um. It is for, it seems, educational purposes because it mentioned like doing this in the classroom, um, but I still don't know Interesting. what the point of it is. Um, I know that when I was doing fantasy football, um, football, there's a lot of football. There so is. let's start with like the first week, right? So week one, you have for an entire, like all of football on average, I remember when I was in eighth grade and was on a football team, our football games were, uh, I think, Tuesdays or Wednesdays, okay. nights or after school, right? Um, JV played Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember. 
Thursday, we have Thursday night football. Friday, you have high school football. Mm-hmm. Saturday is usually college. Yeah. Sunday is, you know, main NFL games. And then there's Monday night football, which is almost every single night of the week, especially if you have a kid that's in eighth grade or in high school that plays football, you have football almost seven nights a week. I know it's unfortunate though. Like I don't know why we don't have anything Tuesday, Wednesday. Like we really need to up the game. Well, you had it on on Tuesdays. Yeah, I'm to professional level or yeah. co- collegiate and professional. I always I always felt like they should have a, just a few college games on Friday. But I see you're lamenting it. I'm like, it's football season. I well, you know, I wasn't lamenting like it as much as like my wife was. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is back like when we were dating. Where, you know, Saints are doing really good. So everybody in the town's happy. Everybody's like doing. You know is getting involved. LSU wasn't as garbage as they were as they are now. So everybody even more is Whoa man, you need to slow your roll because I know you're not watching football, but LSU is like like one of the top five schools in the entire country. Oh, don't you shake your head at me. I'm 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 only shaking my head I honestly, Go Tigers. I honestly Go Tigers. I honestly don't care about college football. I'm not originally from here, so everybody is like, you don't like LSU? And I'm like, no, I'm not from here. Like, well, I, didn't, I wasn't can, raised to like LSU. You don't need to be raised to like LSU. They're the Tigers, dude. Sure, whatever. My point being. Go Tigers. My point being is that everybody rallied around football for a while. My wife, who's not a, has never really been a sports fan at all, was like, man, you're doing too much football. And now you're doing fantasy? And so I just was thinking about all the ways that, like, anytime I would Tell her, oh, I have to do this. It's for fantasy. Oh, I have to get my lineup in before a certain time frame. And it would just, like, annoy the crap out of her. And sometimes I would just kind of do it for fun, you know, just to annoy her, to be Oh, like, just goofy, to kind of, like, yeah. Push her buttons a little bit. Um, and so I was thinking about different ways that, like, we can push our wives' buttons. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys out there listen. I like messing with my wife. And I like being, like, you know annoying her and aggravating her just to get a rise out of her right it's a pretty natural thing now i i i was i'm always accused of being the, it, the calling it the uh, younger brothers younger brother syndrome i mean oh, i don't know are you a i'm the older brother, brother syndrome you're the older older brother so i always get like oh you're just trying to annoy me because you're a younger brother of course my wife is the older sibling so she has like older sibling you know situations yeah. and, and with me it's i'm the oldest and my wife is the youngest yeah so it's you're, the opposite of you yeah. And she's like, you're, you're such an oldest. Um, fine. That's whatever. Um, one of my one of my things I like to do, um, I'm kind of on a big kick right now with the annoyance is like we'll be laying in bed and we're just watching TV and I'll just, I'll just grab her like by the back of the arm and I'll just bite her. But I do it like just hard enough to where it doesn't leave a mark or anything. Not, right. Right. Like playful biting. But just just enough to where it's like she like is like, oh, my gosh, that hurts so mad, like so much. What are you doing? And she gets really like pissed at me. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I just I love doing. It. I love getting the reaction out of her. Well, yeah. It's 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 a nat- it's basically it's basically just like what we used to do in But your wife school. would tell you that you're being such a youngest. Right. And it's just some people say youngest, oldest. I don't know what they mean by it cuz it's the same behavior both ways, but you're like you pick on somebody. But really, you know, we we haven't really as men gotten that much out of just like throwing a rock at a girl we like, you know? I mean, I have not gotten Yeah, I mean, you basically just refine it a little bit, but you you're basically still like when you want to let her know you care, you know, you just yeah. like pull her hair or something, you know? Just let her know, "Hey, I'm do you thinking do about to you." Do you do anything to your wife? Um I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we do uh, some of that. I mean, I guess some of that similar stuff. I mean, I, I annoy her in different ways. I mean, probably the thing that I do that annoys her, she says she's so annoyed by it. But 
and deep down she loves it, which I think is what you're going for there. Like you're annoying her, but you're really not. Like she really likes it and she just pretends like it annoys her. I, I tell my wife that she pretends like she likes it, but I don't know. If she, yeah, I do the same really thing. Does. That's what I'm saying. But I'm like, I mean, you, you know, you she like still it. claims that she's annoyed by it, but she's not. So uh, my example of that would be uh, my jokes. Sometimes I just like crack the corniest <laughs> jokes and it's hard for me to even think of, I mean, I guess if you listen to the show, you know that I just, I come out with the jokes. I can't, I, mean, I don't even know where they come from. They it's just, joke stuff. it bubbles up from the inside and then it's gone. Like so I don't even out. remember it. But the other day I like misspelled the word fundraising and um, it was like on a post, like on a, you know, like on, on like a social media post. My wife points it out to me right away. Like, you know, um, you know you misspelled fundraising. I'm like, I didn't because I'm making the fun raise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm raising the fun level up in here and just no, nothing, you know. Not but she kind of yeah. like pretends. She's like, that is such a dad joke. That's that's her like insult. Like, it's a dad joke. And I'm like, first of all, my dad's like second funniest person in the world. First one, of course, being me. Being me. So I don't even see that as an insult. Well, okay. So another thing I do is, I know this is going to sound like really gross, but it gets it sometimes gets like the most reaction from her is again if if we're like if she's standing and she's cooking especially if she's wearing a tank top like i'll lift her arm and like jokingly like do this big old like and then act like i'm knocked out you know oh, smell of the wow. armpit that's totally, just to give her a hard time yeah, that's totally normal it, everybody I, does that i don't, think it don't is feel normal. weird at all but <laughs> that's completely normal absolutely but that's the one i get the most reaction out of her yeah and, She's like, you are the most disgusting person I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I just love the way you smell, baby. And then, <laughs> and then I go for a smell of the Yo, It turns out that the word musk is not a word you're supposed to use. <laughs> like I told my wife once, I was like, I was like, oh, I like the way you smell. You have a good musk. And she was just like, don't ever say that word and me in the same sentence. And That's I'm like, okay. I'm like, I thought musk was like a good thing. You know, like everybody's got a musk, you know, so there's, there's some words people just hate. And apparently musk is one of those words. That's awesome. Well, I, I had to ask, I had to ask my wife about some of these because I was like, like, what do I do that like really annoys you? And then I quickly clarified <laughs> and said that like is joking and fun and, you know, we're not playful like with. The, not like the stuff. That not like I hate when you life. like never take out the garbage when I want you to and stuff like that. But another one was um, I restrict her. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean I restrict you? And uh, then I understood what she meant. So sometimes, like, if we're, like, in a snuggle and she's, like, she feels slightly claustrophobic, like, I won't let her go. And then my, oh, I'm, so like, you're, I'm, like, so, oh, my arm's stuck. Oh, so you're the big spoon in this scenario. Yeah. Oh. So. Is that normal for the guy to be the big spoon? I When we go to bed, I start <laughs> as the big spoon. I'm very warm. Yeah. So I think she gets overheated. Yeah. And then about 15 minutes after being the big spoon, she's usually, like, hey, can I can I spoon you? And I'm like, sure. And I just turn over and she puts her small little body on my back and it's, it's cute. Oh, okay. No, but uh, y'all so, get to, y'all do the reverse spoon as well. What's the reverse spoon? I mean, you just reverse the roles. Is, oh. <laughs> I didn't mean I was in, yeah. But I'm saying like, you know, you let her be the big spoon sometimes is what you're saying. Oh, all the time. That's okay. Man's, man, man's got to be loved. So, yeah. but I'll, I'll always tell her like, oh, you're on top of my arm. I can't get up. And she's like, I am not on top of your arm. I'm like, you are. You know, and then I, I won't let her go, especially if I can get her into a weird, um, like weird position. Like if we're hugging and her arm comes up a little bit, like to come like over my shoulder, I'll go in tighter. So she has one arm like 
that's like dashed down by her waist. I'm just yeah. like, I love these hugs. And then her other arm is like it's up like over awkward, her head. Like the awkward hug. And I'm like, I just love these hugs that we always have. And then, <laughs> but I won't let go. And she's like, seriously, let go. And she's in this weird position. Um, God, I love pushing that woman's buttons. That's what we're here for. And it then, is. and then they can just grow. Their character grows from the way that we push their buttons, and just it just helps everyone that's involved. That's what. That's why we got married. It was so that way she could grow in character. Yeah, right. I'm just growing <laughs> and maturing, and I mean, I, 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 I'm doing my job if I'm allowing my wife the opportunity to just grow in, in, in wealth of yeah. virtue. I, um, I try and train her. Speaking of growing. Yeah, tell me how that's going. Because you could write a whole book on that if she's, you figure that one out. She's failing miserably at the training, mm-hmm. and she's never been good at it. I've been trying to train her from when we first started dating. Meanwhile, you're probably being reverse trained and not even realize it. No, 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 no. I train her in a very specific task that needs to happen in the event that I end up getting paralyzed. Okay. yeah, that, I, I like that. I like so that train of thought. I have, like, I'll just fall down and just be like, babe, babe. I can't move. You need to get me up. Now, my wife is so awesome that she actually does try to get me <laughs> to get me up. And she's like, well, you're just too heavy. And I'm like, don't don't talk about my fat right now. Just just I need help getting up. But I'm trying to tell her, I was like, man, what? Are, like, I'm six, two. You're five, two. You know, there's a clear size difference between us. God forbid something happens to me. Like, how are you going to take care of me if I you're mean, not going to train for it? I mean, I feel like like if you're drowning in a pool, she's got to come rescue you. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's scenarios where I feel like there needs to be some kind of training or at least like some some kind of tools, you know, like a like a life vest or a, some kind of like a body dolly that yeah. you can be propped up on and wheeled out of the house. It has gotten be. as bad as I have told her. I was like, man, what if I have to go to the bathroom? And, and like I'm acting paralyzed in the moment. And I'm like, what if I have to go to the bathroom right now? Like, are you going to be able to get me there? Nope. Cope. And, no, she dragged me off the bed, like off the bed and like would drag me into the bathroom because there you're here. At least now I can clean it up and it's not like on the rug or something. Wow. So she's going all out with it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her effort. Yeah. But still, I don't think she's going to help me go to the bathroom. It's just bad. You just might want to work on, make sure your, your health is good, you know, yeah. just best you can. So try to avoid. I think one of my favorite things to do to push her buttons, though, is when she's talking I, in serious conversation, this doesn't usually happen, but in a semi-serious conversation where I can tell like we're we're in, we're in a good place, but she wants to switch gears a little bit to get more serious, I will mockingly talk over her, like really loud. Interesting. Um, yeah, not necessarily yelling, but yeah. if she wanted to tell me about her day, I'm like, oh well, your day was really good. <laughs> you know, very condescending, maybe, or sarcastic, and she just she'll throw something at me. Yeah. Um, but you got to push the buttons, man. Yeah. You got to keep it fresh. I mean, if I'd leave, like, let me ask you this question: When you have a, let's say you have a, a dirty a dirty dish, where do you put dirty dishes at? Do you put them in the sink <laughs> or do you put them next to the sink? Unfortunately, in my house, sometimes they just stay on the. Uh, stay wherever you left them. Yeah, like it's my fault. But what what's the what, what's the, what did you grow up doing? Like, are you like a dish in the sink person or a dish on the side of the sink? Like, I grew up in my household, and the the sink was just like always clear, like it was open. There was you didn't 
you didn't store things in the sink. No, so, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. And so, like, the sink was, like, for washing and cooking, doing stuff, and then, like, pre-rinsing. But we always put dirty dishes on the side of the sink. Yeah. And my wife always put the, the dishes in the sink. And so, like, it has been, like, one of my life's journeys to try and get me to put my dishes in the sink. It's like... I can't do it. Like sometimes I'm like living in like a, a pair, like a parallel universe where like I'll be drinking coffee and then all of a sudden I notice I don't have a coffee mug in my hand and I just look across the room and there it is next to the sink. Like how did it even get there? Like all my dishes just go next to the sink and I've tried my hardest for my wife, for love of my wife to put dirty dishes into the sink and I just can't do it. Like I don't even know when so it happens. Who does the dishes? Uh, my wife does the dishes. I cook. She does the dishes. We kind of have like a little thing. Yeah. Worked so out. do you? Um, why are you having so much trouble doing it the way she wants it? Though? I don't know. Maybe. I just well, there is a point where sometimes the dishes become impossible to really get in the sink since it's overflowing and it's more of a balancing act. And then I'll just put it on the side. But which it'll push buttons no matter how you no matter how you do it. But yeah. I don't do it on purpose. It's one of those things that I do that pushes my wife's buttons that I wish I didn't yeah. do. But it's like, for me too, it's like, even when I drink like a cup of coffee, it's like, I might have a second cup, you know? So putting it next to the sink is like, it's dirty unless, you know, like there's still an option to pull it out of retirement. But I feel like once it's in the sink, it's like, you don't know what's been poured over it, what's been okay. mixing with it. So it's like having it next to the sink. I mean, it, it actually has it has value because I will use it over again. I might have a cup of coffee later that night. I might, you know, and then that way she has less dishes to do. So it's really, if you think about it, I'm doing her a favor by keeping dishes on the side of the sink. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I can, I can. I can go with that. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with me if I were now, you. So losing battle. No, 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 no. I mean, I can because the best example I can give. Um, first of all, I want to say I know she's going to be mad at me for saying that. Like we just leave dishes everywhere. And <laughs> so before you went on like talking about the thing, I wanted to clarify <laughs> that like if it's eleven o'clock at night and we end up falling asleep on the couch and just move to the bed, all the dishes will just stay in the like if we ate dinner like in the living room or whatever, right, they'll right. just stay there. And then in the morning when I go to work, I just throw them in the sink. Um, if I even get to that point, you know, but they'll end up in the sink, but we're in the sink people in the sink. Got it. Now I use a cup to fill the dog's water bowls. I don't bring each individual water bowl over. I grab one cup because the cup is big enough to do both bowls. I put the cup back just on the side of the sink. Why well, it's wet. I'm not going to dry it off and waste a paper towel or get a towel wet unnecessarily. Yeah, it's easy, reusable later. I'll just use it later. That cup is always missing. It's always being either wiped down or cleaned up or whatever. Like she thinks it's dirty. And I, I have said, hey, can, you, can we just leave this cup right here? You know, it's not that big of a deal. It's off to the side. It's gone every time. <laughs> so I agree with you that putting something on the side of the sink doesn't mean it's dirty. Yeah, it could be. It like, just means I may use this later. Yeah, like it, it's like it's in that limbo place, you yeah. know, but it, it benefits everybody to have like a have like a middle ground. Now, inside the sink, I will not use unless I clean it. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so much that can get poured on there. and I mean, it's just, as the person that cooks, there's a lot of things that I wash and rinse, and then you're like, yeah, that's, you know, anyway. It's bad. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, let's transition a little bit. Are you familiar with the band Under Oath? Well, of course I am. <laughs> that's like right William. up your alley. 
course uh, I am, William. I've been listening to them for quite many years. Now, most people probably have not heard of this band, and you know, because they are a uh, they are a screamo band or a you know heavy rock band, however you want to classify them. There's so many different clarifications of rock music, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not your or mainstream. At, at one time, was considered a Christian band. Right, and they toured with Christian artists and were under Christian labels and stuff like that, and um, yeah. So I came across a video of them on YouTube, and um, the video is just under oath, three thoughts on Christianity. And I was like, oh, interesting, because, um, you know, I'm a a fan of... uh, Aaron Gillespie, what's his last name? Oh, now you're now you're calling me into question because you know me and names. I jack up names all the, the time. The drummer. I call him Gillespie, but that's probably not how you say close. his name. All right. Well, he had um, his his other little band. Um, he said many different bands. Um, He's a fabulous musician and he, artist. He is. But it was like it was very was a lot of God in the music. You know, right. He even did. to the point of it was like it was almost like some worship songs. Right. right? He actually did a whole worship album, um, and he was the drummer for this rock band. Created another rock band, and then did a worship stuff on the side. And you know, did the more almost. like yeah, the almost was the I, rock. I was band trying to say, man, was it the afters? But I know it's not the afters. I no, think was, afters is another. It was the almost yeah cheesy Christian band. So I saw this video, and uh, I just thought it was interesting, and I was like, oh, let me click play on it. And then when I clicked play on it, I was like, wow, it actually. Is more interesting than I wanted it to be, and I thought that we needed to talk about it. Do you want to say a little backstory? <clears throat> I mean, uh, or do you want to just let the video play and then? I mean, because basically, like um, the you know the people I don't know watching... the backstory of really the band. I just know who they are, and I like some songs by them. Well, I will say that you know, um, I mean, obviously they broke. So uh, Aaron Gillespie, who was the drummer. They uh they parted ways. I don't want to say they broke up because it just at the time it just seemed like he wanted to go do something different, and he was doing the solo stuff and whatever. And the the band continued. They made a few albums, but the lead singer of that band, um, who is in this video, who I'm pretty sure is named Spencer, which I don't know. I didn't really plan to talk about it, so I was just like, I'm letting Will uh, bring this stuff up. So let's hope his name's Spencer. Also, I'm just an idiot. Like that time I said George Lucas was dead. Anyway, um, so, um, but he had a problem with, um, you know, he had issues with addictions with drugs and, um, you know, and that experience, um, you know, that he had, um, you know, led to the the band stopped playing for whatever reason, like, you know, they just you know, got out of hand and he was going through a lot of stuff in his life, it was really bad, and I guess he's come out on the other side of that, he's uh, sober, and he got back together with Aaron, and they have they have rekindled under oath and they put out a whole new album and, you know, made it very clear that they're no longer a Christian band. Um, but you know, did that mean that they were like no more, no longer consider themselves Christian? We don't really know. And then they've had a series of these sorts of videos where, you know, you, 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 we're going to hear what they're saying about Christianity. And it sounds like at least, you know, for one of them, that's why he's no longer a Christian. I'm not going to say he's no longer a Christian, but it sounds to me like that's what he's saying. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. So, well, um, is there a new album? Good. Have you, have you heard it yet? I have listened to it. New, um, there are some songs that are awesome. I like the sound of it. It's a definitely a better blend. Like their, their original, you know, was, um, I'd have to really read the lyrics to give you a better thing, but I, I did like some songs a lot. I, I thought it was going to be way better than it was. Like it, I thought it was going to, I mean, you know, look, they made, they made an album that was just 
off the chain like yeah. and and so I thought it was going to be like their original, you know, first two albums, but it just it just didn't hit me like that. But they think it's the best for sure. They definitely think it's the best album they ever wrote. Well, they have to because they're trying guess, to sell it. Yeah, so, I guess so. But um, and I'm not knocking them. I, I would think anything I was trying to sell is the best. But all right, let, let's check it out. There's this video's kind of got three parts. It's not that long, but we're gonna we're gonna break it up into three uh, sections and kind of talk about both. I mean, all three of them um, sure. separately. So, if I was still a Christian, I'd probably be dead. Christ was not a white man. He was not a Christian, he was a Jewish man. He essentially got thrown out of his hometown, and then he was murdered. Like, like real fringe stuff. Like everything that we, that, that Christianity was built on was essentially rebellious. Somewhere along the way, modern Christianity became synonymous with being conservative. And I don't know how that really happened. It's and like I, they're selling a product. Yeah. It's, like, it's like perfection. You're looking at, the really good looking pastor with his wife and his beautiful kids and they seem so happy. It's almost like one of those movies or TV shows where behind the curtains it's really, really ugly, but they're almost selling. If you buy into these rules and you follow this and you do what we do, you can also be like this. All right. So that was number one thought or yes. a series of random thoughts. It was kind of a series of random thoughts. Number one. Um, I so I'll say this. The, the first thing that he says in the video is, you know, I'd be dead if I was still a Christian. And I'm, I'm very sad for them that they feel that way. Um, a lot of times I do feel like the worldly view is, um, in, is when this is hard, I will just give up and move on to the next part of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I can't, I can't subscribe to that, that way of thinking. Um, and that's Spencer. So Spencer starts off the video with that phrase, you know, and that's the guy we were saying who had dealt with a drug issue. And, um, and I think he's going to get into that more, but yeah, I mean, it's like, um, so they, they've got us hooked on this video. Like they said something that was very, uh, um, not graphic, but you know, very engaging, and you were just like, "Okay, I'm gonna watch this video now." If yeah, I, like okay, I'd be I'll, dead if I was still Christian. Okay, I'll I'll click I'll bait, right? I'll it, listen right. to it. Yeah. Um, Aaron goes on and talks about like Jesus was not a white man. Jesus was not uh, a Christian. You know, Jesus was Jewish. which is like saying Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. I mean, like it's it's just right. it, it, it's like a statement that I don't even know why you say it. Like it's like okay, but right. Well, yeah, they, but, well the, I think the not the world's view, but especially here in America, uh, the American view of Christianity is very, um, like generally speaking, and like he said, like for some reason, like somehow or another, Christianity came into like it's a very conservative way of thinking, which Christianity is actually not conservative whatsoever. Um, there's conservative aspects to it, but in all honesty, it's not. It's not liberal. The the church, you know, to well, be Christian is to be go against the flow of everything else yeah. within the world, you know? And, and I mean, it's funny though, that, you know, right off the bat, I just automatically realize how, and, 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 and I'm, this is certainly, uh, uh, me projecting on them, but they have a very small view of what Christianity is. I get it. They're from America. They were a touring band. They think they know what Christianity is, but their experience of a few mega churches and some evangelicals, they might see stadiums full of like thousands of people, but they're not even close 
to the majority of actual expressions of Christianity, even in America, much less around the whole world. You know, oh, I, I, yeah. And so it's like just that idea that like to say that somehow Christianity just became like connected with conservatism, like you know, that's just like a very small experience that you experience here in America among a very small group of people like you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. not all christians actually consider themselves conservative but there's a quite a lot of evangelical and different denominations that do a, 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 tend to be more politically conservative you know what i mean but it's like to make that like comparison like somehow just all of christianity or most of christianity it, not even in america is most of christianity conservative so that's, that to me is already like a, a broad and just just an incorrect generalization. It's not even a, you know, um, and so it's just like right off the bat, I realized like just, and, and that's probably true for everybody. Like think about how many different churches have you ever been to? Like how many different types of pastors have you heard preach or different religions you actually studied? Or even if like, let's say you were Catholic and you had 50 Catholic churches in your, you know, in your, in your big city. How many of you have you actually been to? Like right. your experience of, you know, your Lutheran religion or your whatever religion can be very small to like your one little church, your two little churches. I mean, it's it's not your fault, but like just to recognize how limited our experience is. You know, I you know, here in New Orleans, most cities have a big old cathedral. And I remember I uh, was working the summer program at the summer camp. And we took the kids, they literally were from about two miles away, and we brought them to that church and Jackson Square, it's a real famous place where Cafe Dumont is. Mm -hmm. And those kids, many of them were like um, freshmen in high school and, and whatever, never had been to that square, Jackson Square, and never been inside of that church, you know? And it's, um, and I've even brought, you know, I've all brought kids you know, who go to a Catholic church who've never seen a like an, an old-fashioned church, like with all the beautiful murals and the— Like know, a traditional Catholic right, church. Right, they've yeah. only got their, like, kind of, like, 70s church, and that's the only thing they've ever even been inside. Right. You know, so just give you an example of how, like, small our view can be of something that's actually so much bigger than than us, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And, and, and this isn't a, uh, a commentary on— knocking under oath or their views but the fact that what i have always struggled with is when you have been dead set on your christian faith and the way you felt christ's love come and fill your heart to one day deny that because of humanity doesn't make sense to me um but let's not forget i mean and not to get overly biblical here, which we don't do on the show very often, but I mean, don't forget St. Peter, the guy who is supposed to be like numero uno of the apostles, denies Jesus, right? On the night that, you know, Jesus is arrested in the garden, he denies Jesus and doesn't just like, oh, I don't know who that guy is, but like does it three times, swears a solemn oath and like tries to prove that he's not Christian, he doesn't know Jesus, doesn't believe in him. And I realize that you're saying, well, that's different than just like leaving your faith behind. But that's like literally he denied out of his humanity, out of his fear, out of all that stuff. He swore an oath. He totally rejected and 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 completely rejected Jesus. 
um, and swore and cursed just to prove to them that he was no longer associated with with Jesus. Out of fear of death. Out of fear of death, yeah. I, I feel like that's understandable, though not accept, acceptable. And I think Peter's reaction and, you know, St. Peter and the way he, his guilt that he felt from it, he yeah, understood yeah. it wasn't acceptable either. Yeah. My point is uh, I have had friends that have left the Catholic Church to go to Protestant Church because they didn't like something that was said or a priest did something in that church during a homily or something. You know, and you're like, you can't take the humanity of somebody that's a sinner and be like, oh, the, I'm going to leave, you know, the church now because of this. And it, and it happens. Well, it happens a lot, too. It's just like one person. And like that, that's what we're talking about, like these like small concepts, like just this one, this lady's rude to me at this church. So like, I'm going to just change what I believe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. really, you're going to let someone that already annoys you now have so much power over your life that they'll actually like change something so important right. or you value so much. Uh, and, and, and that's what know? I struggle with, because there's video that's like a couple years old of under oath on stage talking about who they are, what they, what they're about. And that they're just trying to make a difference touring with regular bands just to show the love of Christ to everybody. That's what this band said a couple years ago, like on stage. And well, it was like the old POD. I mean, really POD invented the concept. They were the first mm-hmm. um, Christian band that said where we might, we are Christians, but our band is not for Christians. It is for everyone. And so they had the their attitude, and, and this is, a, is one of those tightrope things, right, where they're like, we're not selling out to the world. We're just going to be us. We're going to make music. But our goal is to help influence in a positive way the world and the bands we, we go with. And even though the, they do things and say things and tour things that, you know, like, like his example was, I wouldn't bring my youth group to a Family Values concert, you know, right. because – the, the other bands on there and the things that are going on there are not, you know, conducive to a church trip. He says, but we're there and we're going to shine our light and we're going to share our experiences. And if they accept it, they accept it. If they don't, yeah. they don't. But there's a fine line between that and then just selling out and that being your excuse. And I, I agree. And I, and I feel like that intention is so amazing and to, to want to do that and, and to be able to do that. This is going to sound like I'm judging them so hard right now, and I'm not. I just want to propose a question, is how well were they taking care of themselves and their souls while on this mission? You know, this mission from God to be to go out into this world and pretty much go into the, the pitfall. I mean, dude, to go on tour and rock music and the stereotypes that go along with that, yeah, you, you got, better be strong. Yeah, you got you got. You dr- better have well, people behind you, you that drugs can support and you. Booze and women, and I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. And and uh, you know, are you gonna you're gonna be the example, or right. are you gonna get sucked down because well, you know bad company corrupts good morals? Exactly. And the you know? the reason why I take um I take this video like seriously, and I have issues. My my biggest issue with this is that. There's no introspective look into themselves as to why Christianity, quote unquote, failed them. It's a point the finger outward that Christianity failed us. Right. It's a consumer thing. <clears throat> like you, you didn't provide for me what you were offering. And that's my know? issues with it. So let's let's jump on to the, the second part of this video. Modern Christianity is made by people. All modern religions are the organized part of it, right? 
And I think when you begin to debunk the system, when you begin to ask questions, when you can begin to pry the attic door open a little bit, everyone goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And I think the reason is, is because it's man-made and, and woman-made, the only thing we have is the rules, right? Like, You're not allowed to question. Isn't that the funny part? Exactly. You know, they, they tell you that, you know, if you, if you question Christianity, that you're lost. I'll pray for you. You know, that, that just sounds so crazy to me. That couldn't someone be happy for you? That you want to you enlighten yourself, that you want to, like, travel the world and have an open mind. When you believe in the rules and not the reason, then you've got an issue. All right. I agree a lot with what they're saying in this, this section of the video. With one caveat. And that is that I don't know how many, like when, when they go to church and they have their pastor, if there's an issue with what the pastor's saying, who do they go to to get the correct answer? Well, um, I think that part of the issue, maybe this, you know, it's maybe something you know, uh, if you don't have a strong theological background or, or just a strong, like, you know, understanding, like they were saying, like, you know the reasons and you've wrestled with the reasons why you believe X, Y, and Z, um, then when it's questioned, you don't mind talking about it. But perhaps, you know, in their experience, you know, which um, I don't know all the different churches they attended or whatever, but it just sounds to me like they have, um, you know, like, they're probably church hoppers. I mean, to, you know, like you go from one evangelical church to another and you basically just what? You just believe whatever that pastor believes. Everybody's their own religion because you each have a Bible and you can read it and whatever you think the Bible meant and whatever you think the Bible meant, regardless of the fact that the Bible, if you take it as a whole book, certainly does not uh, reference that, right? It, in fact, references that the church has an authority, which is what is made up of people of actual Christians, you know, and, um, and it's like, if, if God, you know, made the church and if Jesus made the church and the Holy Spirit is the thing that guides the church, which is God himself, then it's, it's a little ridiculous to say that all religions are man-made. I, I mean, agree. It's, it's almost absurd. It's like, sure, that religions are, are made up of men and women and therefore uh, have that component and have like that sinful aspect like you were saying before like people are flawed Jesus chose 12 people Peter denies them and so does Judas Peter comes back Judas doesn't I mean you know if so if Jesus can't even pick a perfect 12 people then if you got anything more than 10 people in your church there's a good chance you're gonna have lots of problems exactly you know and people are gonna come and go and hurt and they're gonna need to be forgiven and it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, you know, and I wonder how much of their experience of Christianity was really lived out in community, because just because you go to some big mega church, are you involved in that church? Are you involved in the parish? Like, do, do you, are your friends and family, is like, are you connected with that church or that religion? Because, and I know, I know some people that are, right. and it's, but when you think about like the mega church, for example, they don't just have, they have maybe one, like, let's say, I'm going to call it a head pastor, a lead pastor, um, an elder pastor. You know, I've heard him talk about some of the elders of the church and whatnot. But you might have one guy that's that's in charge of that church alone. Um, but they've got multiple, quote, unquote, pastors. I only quote it because it's, um, you know, you have like a, a maybe a youth 
you know, worship pastor, you know, yeah. then you might have a youth pastor and you might have three youth pastors that are underneath that, that pastor, you know, but where to our, to, to us, you know, as Catholics, we think of pastor, we think of one head of the church as the pastor, right? There's right. not two pastors there. You know, there's another assisting priest there, if you will, you know. But when you have that and you 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 go to this 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 mega church, you might have, you know, seventy percent of the people that are involved and highly involved. But the other thirty percent, because it's a mega church, is thousands of people that aren't, you know. Um, and it's funny that we call things mega churches when really these mega churches aren't actually that big. I mean, you take like your average group of, of Lutheran churches in a big city, they outweigh any number of mega church. They might have a big old building and they might have a thousand people show up to, to one or two church services, but you take a lot of these smaller religions and they outnumber them by by massive amounts it's not it's not a number it's just that the buildings are spread out and they have lots of different church times oh, absolutely. to have yeah, a much yeah. more intimate experience um which you know over the course of historical christianity that's pretty much how christianity has been practiced it's been in smaller church groups whereas more like families and neighborhoods and those people come together to pray and uh, in a quote unquote support each other. Yeah. And so you can see how I, in my mind, and I know this is maybe just a bit of a leap, but you can see how the practice of seeing Christianity as being these giant mega churches and we're all part of this big umbrella and, but how, how alienating that can be because you don't know anyone, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you're not friends with these people don't really know you. Yeah. You're just like part of these. And if it, like, you know, if your church hop in mega churches, um, wow, like you just don't have a lot of uh, you just don't have a lot of close, intimate relationships with right. anybody. So, well, so one belief that I had, you know, not up until recently, but in, in the past, I'd say ten years, my belief in this has been corrected. Um, was that I firmly believed that the church was man-made, like the Catholic Church, like men created that church, you know. And people would be like, no, Jesus came to create it. No, Jesus came and said, hey, you need to do this. But men did everything else. Like, it's man-made. And the more I read scripture, and I get into these uh, comments with other people from, from work. There's like, uh, there used to be this, you know, group of uh, different denominations that would just get together and talk and read scripture and just friendly debate. And it was really cool. Um, but like, I would read, you know, um, Jehovah's Witness Bible. You know, I'd read you know, King James versions of stuff. And I was like, man, y'all's Bibles say the same thing in context of what's going on in the scripture as mine does that Jesus went to Peter and said, Hey, here's the keys of the church. You know, here's the key keys to, to the kingdom yeah, of heaven, yeah. to my church <clears throat> where he the handed it down. Build my church. It, so when someone finally like portrayed that or not portrayed that, but it finally told me that I was like, wow, like you're right. Like man didn't create the Catholic church. Like Jesus came and he created the church. Like he created Christianity. So his in, in part one where he's like, you know, Jesus wasn't a Christian. It's like he didn't need to be Christian because he was Christ. Like he was Christian. You know, yeah. like yes, by religion he was Jewish. He never was, you know, um um Christian. But what's our initiation into Christianity? Yeah, I mean this is his baptism and Christ was baptized and then he started his Christian he started Christianity with baptism. Right, and, and it, it's the fulfillment of Judaism. So, I mean, this is what 
God, I mean, at least from the Christian perspective, obviously Jews would have a little different say about this and other religions, but for Christians, it's like, um, this is the fulfillment. I mean, God started this whole thing with Abraham, with Moses and Noah. I mean, all of those people were all just leading up to what Jesus was going to do when he came to kind of help fix what was broken in humanity. And it's messy. And it's going to be, it's going to be messy. It was messy when Jesus did it. And it's been messy every generation afterwards. And like, you know, we're, you know, right now in the news, there's tons of scandals and stuff all about, you know, um, Catholic church, uh, leaders. And it's not just in Catholic churches, obviously, but, um, they're always going to have sinful people involved in a church for sinners. I mean, and if you get so squeamish that, uh, or, or like your faith can be so weak and I get it that you can basically feel like, you know, um, I, I can't, you know, like I can't get past the fact that this person hurt me or that this person did that, or this person's such a sinner. And like, that breaks your faith. Like it's hard. Know, it, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, but dude, do you know like, how many times I wanted to be like, this is, this is BS. I'm done with this. I want to go to blah, 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 church of, you know, this place, you know? Church of God, USA, whatever. You know, they, they do, their music is legit. Their sound is good. Yeah. Their presentation software they use during services are great. And I'm like, man, that's just, it's so enticing to me personally. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm done with all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, but they don't have the Eucharist. They don't have confession. They don't have these sacraments that I love and need. And I, like, you know and what I mean? Like, what, there's just, that's why they have Wednesday services so that you can go on Wednesday and still get to go to. But it's it's you know, so hard because I, I have this realization. There's so many times where I've wanted to be like, like this is dumb. I'm done. Like, you have to realize that with the sinners, you can't just abandon what Christ came to form. You know, like Christ knew on the cross that this stuff would happen between all churches. Any scandals. He knew this would happen, and in his name, these sins would happen. You know? And, like, he decided to love regardless and to offer up his life. It was still worth it to save everybody else to do it. And what we need is instead of backing down, because it's not just an attack on under oath of saying, like, you know, you got no cojones and you didn't stick up for your christian faith your own or perhaps go for just, it. or just perhaps the way you lived your christian faith wasn't the right way right like maybe the way you perceived that it was supposed to go or supposed to look like was not right which is why it didn't help you when you needed it the most exactly but it's all about when you go through the darkest hours of your life to always keep your eyes on the right like focused on the prize and not to be cheesy, but this ne- we'll get it, we'll get more to it in the se- the third section of because I take the most uh, um, offense from the third section of this with with the band, gotcha. and it, that's so far they're leading up in this this conversation that they're having is this is their personal thoughts on Christianity, which is fine to have your personal thoughts on Christianity, but there's nothing concrete in your own personal thoughts. There's usually not, you know. It's when when God will reveal the answer to you whether you accept it or not, that's the concrete part. And it seems like um, they have decided and just changed views to fit their lives. That's all I've gotten so far. Everything's man-made. So why can't I just make my Christianity man-made, yeah, right? And I can, do, I can choose which rules I choose to follow. Exactly. But, you know. and the third part is where you get into like the poem, like that footprints poem, you know, or story, you know, where they talk about there's only one 
set of footprints in the sand when I was going through my darkest times. Like, where the crap were you, Jesus? I can't believe you left me hanging. And Jesus is like, that's when I was carrying you, right? And to have that memory. So going into the third part, we'll, we'll hit play on this real quick. And because uh, I really feel like they're missing the ball. And this is where, like, I've literally started praying for the, this band Yeah. To to have that realization of, like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. I need to jump back on the bandwagon, right? The Christian community is what ruins Christianity for me. Because when you need help, if you're someone of, of some sort of, you know, supposed to be a role model or some sort of thing, you know, it's very alienating. Like, they were putting out magazines about me being a drug addict and stuff, and the whole Christian world was just like, that's the reason why Underworld's breaking up, or that's, it's that guy, that guy, you know, like, there was no help. No one's, no one's like, hey man, like, what's up, you know, in the Christian world. The, place, the places that I was the most accepted and people would listen to me and talk to me and share their stories about how they're fucked up were the people that weren't Christians. And those were the other bands that we would be on tour with that weren't that way. You know, and, I, and I'm telling these people and relating to these people that they're just normal human beings. You know, like, let's talk about it. But in a Christian band, let's not. And that seem, doesn't that seem opposite? Doesn't that seem like very unloving and very unaccepting? Belief isn't the prison, expectation is the prison. Okay, this is what issues that I have. Um, I'm gonna make an assumption real quick, okay? And that assumption is that he came into his drug problem when he was touring on the road with these other bands. The same bands that are giving him the love and support, you know, now that he's a quote unquote, you know, drug addict or he's a recovered drug addict. Um, the fact that the entire Christian church left him hanging is mind-blowingly ridiculous, in my opinion. Right, because I, clearly that's such a small... Whatever his... Maybe if he even has a personal church that he goes to, if he's touring, he's not present to them, right? Because uh, remember, we sent that earlier. Like, it just sounded from, from their earlier conversations that they were going to be, um, like, limited, like, alienated. How alienating... Like jumping from an even one evangelical church to another can leave you feeling, you know. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, they're a band. They're touring, so they're already got that alienation. And I noticed how he said, you know, well, I need to talk about it with my band because your band, obviously, these are supposed to be your bros, and um, and so he just doesn't have that community. Right. And like the whole Christian community, it, that's my problem. You know, it was, it was with the whole Christian community, and it's like I almost see this weird dichotomy where it's like. He, he, I get it. Like he's like, oh, these people are hypocrites because, uh, and, and he's so mad that people are calling him a hypocrite for having this struggle, but yet he's calling them a hypocrite for not, and that's why he's not even Christian anymore. That's why he, the whole problem with Christianity is the community because they didn't do for me, and that people are saying, well, you know, while at the same time saying that I'm the problem, I'm the hypocrite. Like you're always calling each other hypocrites, and then, and this is so common. It's not just. It's not just Spencer's experience. It's not just Aaron's experience. I mean, it's like people say this all the time. It's like, oh, well, you're a hypocrite. And right. if you're a hypocrite because you didn't help me or you insulted me or you weren't kind or generous to me, and so then forget you and forget this. And like, and somehow it's like, no, dude, like we're all broken. Like it's okay. Like it's okay. If you want people to be uh, loving and patient with your sinfulness, you have to be loving and patient with other people's sinfulness. Exactly. Well, the other thing is, like, he started this video off saying, and you know, something along the lines of, like, you know, I'd be dead if I was still Christian. Like, 
I don't know if you have admitted to not being Christian any longer. Like you're no longer Christian. So that's the presumption. You left your faith because of sinners, because of other people, not because of Christ did you wrong or you have a realization that I think he's saying drugs would have killed him if he would have stayed Christian because the people kept judging him, kept making him go down that road where he kept using and using and, and he wasn't getting the help. And they were basically making his life worse, not better. And it wasn't until he found help and solace in other people that weren't associated with those Christian churches and bands that were the ones that were trying to help lift him out of that, that situation. You I, know? I wish that we could go and have more context to what they're saying. Um, I just, I highly believe, I mean, I, I just, dis, I disbelieve that Christianity is what would have caused his death. And that's the issues I have with this video is instead of coming out and being like, you know what, this church are gave me nothing but hell and never helped me. You know, I'm a Christian. I've listened to under, under oath for years, not like a fan listened, but I've heard of them. I did hear about the drug stuff and I never once in my head was like, what an idiot. Yeah, no, like it never, it like, like, I know that sounds stupid, but like you could have called me, you know, I mean, I know he couldn't have, he doesn't know who I am, but it's like to label the Christianity as a whole, as the reason why you fell into drugs or not fell into drugs, but couldn't get out of drugs because everybody judged you. I, I apologize. I know it's 2018 and everybody has feelings and their feelings get hurt. But buddy, like get some thicker skin, man. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Christianity did not do that to you. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know how awful these magazines were that were publishing stuff about him, but it's like, um, you know, I mean, I've been a fan of under oath for years. I saw him in new Orleans, uh, after, you know, his struggles were very well known and he was, I thought he was coming out of it, you know, but it's like people, that place was packed and it was packed full of people that were mostly Christians. I mean, these are the people that had supported them, professionally if you will right. i don't know maybe they weren't supporting them emotionally but um but look i mean i i totally i do understand where he's coming from the thing the reality is that like our experience of all religions you don't have to be christian i mean you go to any church it's like your experience of that is communal that's how religion is taught and passed on and um i realize that it's so trendy like the word religion such a bad word but it, it's 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 just silly to me because I recognize the fact that you do something twice and it's a religion. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you, you meet and you have church and somebody gives us a homily and or preaches. You do that twice in a row. You've you've by definition have a religion. OK, you've done something twice. Yes. You know, it's like it's just the way you you the way you express your particular religious beliefs, the way you pray, the way you act it out, whatever rules, the systems you follow. Uh, or, or beliefs you have about God is part of your religion. Yeah. Okay, so to have a spirituality, so to say, without a religion is just complete chaos because you could never assert anything that's true, anything that's true that you should do. So mm-hmm. therefore, you would be incapable of bettering yourself in any specific way because as soon as you claim that, you are claiming you know something about God, and and, and therefore you now have substance to your uh, 
spirituality, thus making it a religion or expression of a religion to live that out. So it's just ridiculous to say like, oh, I just, well, I love the Jesus, but I just don't love the religion stuff. That's all garbage. It's like, there's no difference. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Jesus is the one that, that instituted the last supper. Jesus is the one that uh, gave us uh, the beatitudes and, and, um, and, and raised the bar and took all of the, the 10 commandments and made them four times harder to follow. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. Like as if it wasn't more difficult enough to, to just try to avoid the Ten Commandments. You gave us a whole buttload of other stuff to do on top of it. And you made the Ten Commandments twice as hard because not only do I not have to kill you, I'm supposed to not even like hate you. Like, I mean, yeah. come on, man. At least let me hate you secretly <laughs> in my heart. Give me something. But it's like um, it's, it's such a farce to try to separate religion and spirituality from Jesus, like, or any expression, any religion. Um, well, as, in soon, fact, as soon as you separate it, it becomes debunked. Like he said, only the organized part is man-made. Anything that's disorganized, that's definitely from God. But, Correct. but like every, every religion is just man-made. It's like, no dude, like religions are expressions of how people wish to follow and believe and and follow God. And there's also know? traditions handed down from centuries and centuries and centuries of, of things that have been done and the stuff that like Christ implemented, like you had mentioned the Last Supper, you know, and it's like word for word in in the Catholic faith at, at our service at Mass, you know, it's almost word for word from Scripture. What Christ said is what happens at Mass and where we get, you know, our communion and Eucharist from. And it, it blows my mind that it, that is man-made. I mean, I guess it is man-made. I mean, God was man. man I mean, Jesus was man. It's man I mean, passed down. Yeah, Jesus was a man too. So yeah, but I mean, it, it's just this idea that you can somehow, and, and it, it really comes down to uh, the morality, right, of it all. Because it's like, oh well, then there's these rules. Now you have to follow these rules, and it's like, honestly, like to the person who is in a relationship with Jesus, who wants to know God or, or whatever religion you, when you deeply love, um, you know, God and, and your spirituality, and you are seeking to do what is good and true. The things aren't longer rules. They're like, um, they're blessings, they're guidelines They're They might be rules, but they're the things that you, you look forward to do because they're, they're helpful. They're, they'll save you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you shouldn't drag in your feet to, to go to the synagogue every week or to go to your church because like, oh, I just got to follow these rules. And it's like, this is the thing that gives you life, that helps you live your life to the fullest. And so it's like, these are the things that are supposed to build you up, not tear you down. And and so, I don't know, you just see the, you, you can just see it's such a convenient excuse to just be like, oh, well, now I don't have to follow any rules. I can be my own church my own pope my own pastor and you know like i just make up what i want to believe at the time and uh and i get to choose which rules i want to follow you know opposed to just being like i want to choose the person i want to follow and right. when i fall short i'll be like peter because as much as i screw up and and i fail at things it's like you can always go back and jesus did preach mercy jesus did preach i mean you know, they talk about like acceptance, you know, I don't know if I would call Jesus an accepting person, but he was certainly a forgiving person. I'd give oh, Jesus absolutely that, forgiving. Um, you know, and, and it's just like, I guess for me, I think the heart of this is, is just that like, you know, when scandals happen, I look to say, what's my real experience of this situation? And if your experience of your religion or whatever is shallow, then one person 
fails you, then the, your whole faith can fail you. Right. And, and I bet you, and no matter what church you belong to, if you're intimately involved in it, you're going to see the good and the bad. And the good will outweigh the bad. And when scandals happen and drama hits, you're going to be able to separate the good from the bad. And you're not going to just lose your faith because one pastor or you grew up in a household and your parents were, you know, hypocrites and doing two different things. And, you know, and then you're, you, you, you move out the house. You're like, oh, I'm never practicing that religion again. You could easily be like, I'm going to practice that religion properly when I, I leave my agree. house. Yes, you know what absolutely. I mean? And not just throw the quote unquote baby out with the bathwater. Right. Know? So under oath, do you ever listen to this and you hear this? I would like to formally invite you to, uh, chat with us to be hugged to be hugged to to be loved and to tell you that we we really do we love you and we respect your opinions and feelings and um like honestly like i like having those conversations with people i know we're very opinionated about it but that's just because i've had the benefit of of being in tight tight knit communities correct yeah and, and and seeing religion done well and um and how beautiful that can be and I recognize how alienating it can feel to just not have ever have ever experienced that. You know? So, um, in no way, shape, or form was this meant to be judgmental. Though I know it can come across that way, and it parts of it maybe were and, and was a little bit harsh. But we we do want to say that you know we love the stuff you guys are doing, and we hope you keep it up. And so, you know, come on home. You know, come back to the faith. Um, you, you, your inspiration and your, the power that you guys had, uh, to be able to captivate a crowd and to bring the voice of, of God with you through, through your music is uh, very powerful and it, you know, it, it would be missed if it doesn't come back. Um, so on that note, Matt, thank you. We got through, um, episode seven. A little uh, heavy, a little heavy, a lot, little of, heavy, a little lot bit. of Christian and uh, theological stuff going on there. But hey, it happens, man. And Sometimes it, you got to get heavy. I'm excited for us to get back in the swing of things. You know, this was a little bit harder to try and jump back into. Um, and it just goes to show how much of a challenge it is to continue to do these and how much I'm actually excited for that challenge. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for our next uh, our next show. Guys, this was episode seven. Um Check us out on all of the uh, social medias. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. um, So check us out. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm William. I'm Matt. And this is That Guy Show. Peace. (laughs)